On today's show, Jim spends time with a guy who has every excuse not to succeed, but he's thriving anyway with a simple and highly profitable online business. Jeff Clark has become skilled at finding so much local profitable inventory to sell online that he has a hard time getting it all listed on Amazon and eBay. And get this, he's a single dad of five who lives in a tiny remote farm town. Today's episode is likely to destroy any remaining excuses you have for not building a great online business. Hey, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm honored that you've joined us today. We've got an exciting topic for you that a lot of us who sell online, we're always talking about. It's sourcing profitable products. So we're going to talk today with a guy who's been in our community for a long time, and he is great at sourcing. Like He finds so much stuff that he can't sell it fast enough, so much profitable inventory that he's just rocking. His name's Mr. Jeff Clark. He's been in our community for quite a while, and we're going to give you some very specific details on things you can find locally within arm's reach there in your hometown that can be flipped for great margins. You've heard Brett and I talk about in the past you know, how exciting, even though we're running eight-figure businesses, man, we still love yard sales. Because the highest profit margin stuff that you can possibly find is right there in people's driveways. So, hey, Mr. Jeff Clark, welcome to the show, man. Pleasure to have you. Introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell us you know, what you're good at. And, and we'll talk a little bit more. I've got some personal stuff to share about you as well because we go way back, man. But fill us in. Sounds great. Uh, good to be here, Jim. How are you doing today? You know, great. I actually recorded two podcast episodes today to be real open wow. with the audience. You're rocking it out today, dude. Yeah, dude, for a guy who's <laughs> a guy who's used to just sitting behind the microphone maybe more than no more than an hour or two a week and cranking out two in a day, that's a lot of you're talking doing, for you're me. You're doing so. the full time DJ thing today. Yeah, wow. it's almost oh. like that, man. I'm like sitting here chugging the waters and yeah. yeah but, all right. I'll try to I'll try to command the air for a while and give your voice a break though. Oh, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> All right, yeah. So my name is Jeff Clark, and I am a uh, I'm a homeschooling dad. I've got seven kids, and about ten years ago, I really started feeling the urge to uh, become an entrepreneur. And I, I didn't even I had no experience with that. I'd been working in the factory for twenty years, had no knowledge of entrepreneurial stuff, started doing some research, uh, saw this course, that course, and after a couple of years, got connected with Jim. It still took me a few years to realize exactly what my personal entrepreneurial superpower was. You know, you have to test the waters on a couple different things, and I tested and failed and tested and failed and tested and failed, and I was ready to just, you know, go back to punching a clock. I was really getting frustrated. But once I got into uh, the Proven Amazon course and really started digging into sourcing, I realized that not only was I personally really, really good at it, but I really enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, it is so much fun. I can't, I honestly can't tell when I'm working and when I'm playing. I mean, it's just. <laughs> That's it's, so it's, true. You put up videos sometimes of you out doing your thing, man. And you're, you're just like a kid in a candy store, just having a good old time, man. <laughs> I love doing those videos. Those are so much fun. And I always try to make them educational, but geez, it's, it's a blast, man. So yeah, sourcing is, um, it's my mojo. It's my thing. I mean, when you say that stuff is all around, dude, you could not be more accurate. I mean, I can't go anywhere without just seeing things and getting ideas, you know. And um, one of the things that I heard you say really early on in being part of your community was you said once you get this, like once you get this mindset, you'll see – hundred dollar bills floating in the air. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I heard that. I thought, eh, whatever, you know, <laughs> but, right. but dude, it is so accurate. Let me give you a, a perfect example. When I'd, I'd only been doing this for about six months. Okay. And I was walking through family dollar. All right. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even sourcing. Okay. I was getting like, I don't remember what I was getting. I was getting some stuff for home, okay, cleaning supplies or whatever. But I'm just walking through Family Dollar, and I walk by this shelf, and the shelf had some coffee mugs on it. They were like the tall 14-ounce type coffee mugs, and they had uh, four different sayings on them. It was like, you know, dance like no one's watching, laugh like, 
you mean it or what you know live love laugh life that all that kind of sure, happy, sure, you know, right. happy stuff okay so they had these happy hallmark sayings on them and and each of the four had a different color so it was like red green blue yellow or something like that and i just walked by and they caught the corner of my eye and immediately i had the thought why don't you make those into a set so okay whatever i'll give it a try so i grabbed one of each they're a dollar fifty a piece so my you know investment is six bucks all right brought them home shot a crappy looking cell phone photo i mean it was just awful i, I don't know why amazon didn't shut me down for it but i created a <laughs> listing seriously i created a listing for the set oh, that's okay? great made the amazon listing put them in a box packed them sent them into fba and then i cross-listed them on ebay okay well that set sold almost immediately it sold within a few days for 35 bucks so I went, my cost was $6, okay? And I just sold them for 35 So I went driving to every stinking family dollar I could find, right? Just buying up all these mugs. And now you know how family dollars inventory works. It's, um, you know, they, they cycle stuff through. Yeah, so, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, once it's gone, it's gone. So these mugs are only available for like six months. But in that six months, I probably sold close to 30 sets at 35 bucks a piece. So you know, that to me is, that's a perfect example. There really are $100 bills all around you. You just have to pick them up. Oh, I love it. Yes. There's story after story after story like that. And the creative bundling, man, that can turn a okay product into an incredible winning product for you. Those bundles, we love bundling, but it's not just about Amazon. You talked about eBay, Amazon, Facebook marketplace, Craigslist, uh-huh. What am I forgetting here? Um, you know, you can sell straight on Facebook now. We were talking right before we got on the call. You can just right on your personal page, you can sell something now and run the money, run the transaction and keep all the money right there through Facebook. I mean, it's Absolutely. Just, it's incredible. Absolutely. There's, there's so, Etsy, there's, there's Pinterest, or you can drive, you know, your, I mean, there's all kinds of options. Yeah. In the Facebook video ads, even, let's say you get, get in over your head. I'm just thinking, you know, there's a whole business model in, Finding the, the furniture in town, the big bulky stuff that no one wants to mess with, you know, mm-hmm. making a low ball offer, running a Facebook video about it, walk around it, show the drawers opening and closing. Say, yeah, this one needs a little work, but, you know, if you swing by my place, you can pick it up for 150 bucks. And that's great. Just do that. I've just given every 18 to 20 year old dude out there who's looking for <laughs> some extra, you know, 500 bucks a week. That's a business model. You got a truck. You just gave him a summer business. <laughs> I just gave you, I mean, I just, I just, a new lease on life, man. Right. It's, that business is just hanging there out on Facebook, local. And worst case scenario is you buy a little Facebook ad, you run a little traffic to it, a little Facebook right. video that you make and pay 10 cents a click, you know, and spend five bucks driving 50 targeted viewers to that ad. It's going to sell. Right. That's funny. You talk about finding stuff that nobody wants that they're just tossing out, okay? Well, a lot of times what we think is when we see something that's broken, you know, we have to fix it up perfectly before we sell it. Oh, no. We don't, dude. I sell broken electronics on eBay all the time, okay? Now, if I can fix it easily, sure. You know, I I remember getting a uh, – like an electric fireplace for $10, okay? And the only thing that was wrong with it is one of the knobs was loose. So my son grabbed a, a tiny crescent wrench and tightened it up, and we sold it for like 330 bucks. Oh, I love so, it. So, yeah, if there's something easy to do, that's great. And it's not only about fixing it up. I have a friend who his business model is he goes and finds like vacuum cleaners, lawnmowers, weed eaters, snowblowers, whatever that people have tossed out, and he breaks them down and sells the individual parts. He is killing it. Oh, I love it. He's killing it on eBay. So sometimes breaking it, you get more sometimes money. Sometimes it's breaking it further before you can You know, there's, it. I know you're a student of Hebrew as well. We're not going to drift too far for the readers here, but I'm just reminded of a lesson right now that, you know, the, there's an ancient Hebrew principle. It's a biblical principle. There's only two ways to add value is in a business. There's two ways, hands and feet. You know, you're either, you're either touching something with your hands, you're improving it, you're doing something, or feet. And what the feet has to do with is, we're taking that object from a place where, let's say it was a yard sale, and there's only going to be 10 people that see that item all day today. And we're taking it from that yard sale where only 10 people are going to see it, and we're putting it on Facebook where 500 people are going to see it. Yeah. Instantly, the value of that item without you doing anything, not even dusting it off, you probably even scuffed it up getting it in your truck, but instantly yep. it's worth more now because of the size of the audience. You moved it from a place of low value to a place of higher value. That's all exactly. you did. And you provided a very valuable service in doing it because now someone who never would have seen it now has an opportunity to buy a very nice dining room table for their first starter home instead of going spending a thousand dollars 
at the furniture store, they're going to spend 200 bucks with you and be thrilled at the money they saved. So you're providing a, a great service. You just used a really key word, and that is service. Honestly, the service that we provide is we connect people because, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I'm in a little small Amish community type town in northern Indiana. How many people are going to come to these garage sales? You know, a couple hundred at best. But once I put stuff on eBay or Facebook or Amazon or Etsy or wherever, there's millions and millions of people all over the world who are going to see this stuff. Yeah. If, if, yeah. Why is he talking about putting on Amazon where, yeah, you've got global, oh, right? I'm just talking right. about the super simple, like if I had to give someone 30 seconds of advice and like, dude, start putting money in the bank, hundred dollar bills everywhere. Here's you know, find that big bulky stuff. You don't want to ship that through Amazon. Just put it right. in a truck, take some pictures, take a little video walking around, run some local ads to people who live in your area only, which isn't rocket science. You can figure mm-hmm. this out without, I don't need to do a podcast on how to set up a Facebook advertising account. It's right. easy. Google it, figure it yeah, out, spend half an hour, simple. simple stuff. I want this ad only showing to people who live within five miles from me, only to people with income level where they might actually be able to buy things and show them this ad. I'm willing to pay 10 cents a click in yeah. That thing sells within a few days. That's a business model in a can. Yeah, yeah, it is. Man, I've, I've got a great story about value, if you don't mind. Please. Um, I was over at a friend's house. He's a, uh, a bricklayer, and he had these two boat motors sitting out in his driveway. And I said, Phil, where'd you get those boat motors? He said, oh, I did some work for an old farmer, and they were sitting in his barn. They were all covered with hay. And I asked him what he wanted for him. He said, give me 10 bucks and get them out of my barn. So I gave him 10 bucks. I brought them home, and I oiled them, and I fixed the motors up. They both run now. I said, that's really cool, Phil. How, how much you want for me? He says, I want 90 bucks. I said, I'll give you 90 bucks. So I gave him 90 bucks. I did nothing to them, okay? I brought them home, shot a photo, and put them on Craigslist. Within a week, I had a kid is in my garage who was shaking. He was so excited. Okay. And I, I put him up for 180 bucks. All right. So I doubled my money, but this kid was shaking. He was so excited. He said, Oh my gosh, this is a, this one is a 1953 such and such. And this is right. a 1950. I don't know anything about <laughs> he boat was motors. Geeking out. I, I don't love know it. jack about boat motors. <laughs> We're in this Indiana, was, man. We don't know boat kid, motors. <laughs> I know, right? This kid was peeing his pants. He was so excited. He said, man, I can hammer this dent out and I can order new decals for this and this. I said, dude, that is great. What do you think you can get out of these once you, you know, once you do all this? Oh man, I can get $350 for this one and I can get $400 for this one. And okay. So here's, here's the thing. How much were those motors worth sitting in the old farmer's barn? They were, they were rust waiting to happen. They were, they were worth $10. Yeah. Because that's what the farmer wanted for him. Yeah. Oh, he's happy. He's got the space back. He's happy. He's got his 10 bucks. But because Phil did his work cleaning him up, now they're worth 90 bucks. Because I did my work, which was just exposing them to a larger audience, now they're worth 180 bucks. This kid's going to put his thing into it. Now they're worth, you know, seven, 800 bucks. Now, you know, who knows? They're going to go, they may go on some, you know, a a salesman or executive's vintage boat, and he's going to take a client out of the lake and steal a $10 million deal. Who knows? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, that is exactly how value is created. Those aren't fake, fuzzy numbers. That's exactly how economies are built. You do that enough times, that's why the American economy is as strong as it is because the free market allows such things to happen. If you own something, sell it to whoever finds the most value in it. That's creating value. That's what we're doing. This whole model is creating value at every step. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you don't believe me, I, if this is a, a Rabbi Lappin uh, example of exactly that. And we're not going to go too deep into this, but he was our guest several podcast episodes ago. But he said, you know, somebody buys something for a certain amount and they're excited, try selling it. Try, you know, it's, they, they just bought it. They're walking out. I think the example he uses is like, you know, they just bought these flashing tennis shoes and they're walking out of the ball. They finally found the oh, shoes yes, they were looking I've for, right? <laughs> and they paid their $30 and they're right. just so excited. Go up and offer them $30 for the shoes and see. If they'll sell them to you, they won't. They're excited right. about their purchase. They're worth, they're not worth thirty dollars. They're anymore. worth forty or fifty or sixty. <laughs> and so right. you can offer the guy eighty dollars, and he might be like, ah, uh, you know what? Maybe I'll take I that. Really like, yeah. If he'll take eighty, that means there's fifty dollars of value there on his feet because he just paid That's thirty. Right. He won't give them up unless you give him eighty. There's fifty dollars. That's real value. That's Absolutely. there. That's what we do for a living. We create value out of thin air. Absolutely. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely. And we serve people on both ends too. Everyone know? wins. Like, Everyone wins. Like we, yeah. It's not like we rip off the people who are doing garage sales, you know. I'm helping them 
get rid of their worthless junk. They have to, their pain is they have too much stuff in their attic, right? They want that space back. Gosh, I go to some garage sales and they are, they give me extra stuff just because they're so happy that I'm buying stuff. I was at um, a garage sale last summer right here in town. Okay. It was just, just a few blocks from my house and I'm buying a few things and I bought these packs of weird looking tubular light bulbs. Okay. There were 12 packs. And there were two 12-packs at 50 cents a piece. So I thought, eh, I'll buy these and look them up later, you know. So I took them up to the to the desk, and the lady said, would you like more of those? <laughs> I said, <laughs> sure, you know, I'll take whatever you want. So I walked out of there with 23 12-pack cases of these light bulbs for 20 bucks. And I'm down to the last two cases selling them at 35 bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah. That stuff's everywhere, man. And you always, always ask Hey, can I get a discount? Hey, you got any more of these? You know, ask a few questions when you're doing that. I remember I was in sure. a, uh, it was, I think it was a Lowe's. It was one of the, one of the big hardware brand name brand stores. Mm-hmm. And they had these big wall murals of the space shuttle challenger. They had like oh, four, cool. they had 40 of them. It's like a nine by 15 foot and you can trim it to fit any wall. And you just like stick it up there and it's a mural. It goes in like wow. in a kid's room or whatever. And they, they were selling Retail, 90 bucks. They had him marked down to 20. And right. I said, hey, I brought a manager over. I'm like, hey, if I bought all these, what could you do for me? He's like, 10 a piece, man. I'm like, how about, I think oh. I talked to him now. I'm like, how about eight? He's like, done. Take sure. it out. Take the box. Take it all. <laughs> yep. I sold those yep. puppies for 70, 80 bucks a piece, one at a time on eBay for the next you know, four or five months. You know, yeah. that stuff is everywhere. It's it literally is. all around us. And I've kind of developed, after having seen this enough, I've developed a theory, and you tell me what your numbers are in your head. I'm not talking about all the fancy other opportunities you can get into. I mean, we've done podcasts on getting on selling on Amazon and becoming a consultant on, you know, getting your own private label product. There's so much opportunity out there. It's everywhere. But let's just say, let's keep it super simple. Let's just talk to cousin Eddie down the corner, man, that can't even open up a book. Mm-hmm. He he watches TV for a living. Like, okay, let's get that guy convinced. If he will just spend 20 hours a week doing the kind of stuff we're talking about with just the slightest amount of intelligence, flipping physical goods online, eBay, mm-hmm. Craigslist, some of it's going to go on Amazon because it's pristine stuff, but he's just hitting it. 15, 20 hours a week, Cousin Eddie, just hit it and do the stuff we're telling you here. What's the income potential there? I have my number oh, in my head, and you tell gosh. me kind of what, what you're thinking. His first year, he'll make 50K easily. That's the exact number I have in my head. <laughs> easily. And then once you're good at it, what's the upside? Oh, if it's just him and his truck. There's no ceiling, really. Well, if it's just I him mean, and his truck. Oh, just him and his truck? Well, he can easily make six figures. Yeah. I think you know my upper end was going to be like 85, 90. So we're yeah, in the same no, ballpark. My, my, first year, my first year, at just as a solo – this is a one-man show. I made six figures on Amazon. Right. Yep. Right. This is a, yeah, as one dude. But you got in a little more. You know, you you were a little more sophisticated than cousin Eddie. He's got a pickup truck and doesn't even open up That's a book. True. Right. That's true. So I, I'm I just talking about. Yeah, you're you're not afraid to read <laughs> sure. a book. I'm just talking about like you you don't have to have an education to get that five six figure income. You don't have to be a real go getter because we start talking about forty hours a week. Holy cow! And building a team. Dude, we're talking like half a million dollar business now out of this stuff. And you've got people sourcing other cities in your state or even other states and they're reporting into you and you've got your parameters and criteria. We, we know people doing this in our community. Mm-hmm. People are doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, just the business opportunities are everywhere. I would much rather eventually have those streams of income that don't rely on the constant hunt. Now, the hunt is awesome. Right. It's fun. It's a great way to get started. But man, it's sure nice to have those private label products that all you do is you call the manufacturer and say, they say, hey, how many crates do you need this month? Hey, we need a couple of crates. You know, our, our Q4 order is coming up. Send us three or four Absolutely. crates. And they go straight Absolutely. into Amazon and you get the checks. I mean, that's, yep. that's beautiful. That's the next maturity level of this. But there's a lot of people that listen to this show. There's like, hey, you know what? Can I just keep it super simple? I just want to make some money. And for them, I want to just give... You know, I've we've had other shows. Had Brett on, had Nathan on. We talked about some of the stuff. I know you're good at like vinyl records and some of the stuff you've really gotten into. And we'll we'll tell uh-huh. people we'll put it in the show notes. You've got a great book about that. We want to make sure and tell people about so they can go. Anytime you see vinyl records, kind of look for the good stuff based on Jeff's advice in that book. Right on. And we've got this course. I think it's a good time to drop it on folks. We've got 
like 10 plus hours of very specific here's what you're looking for type of advice for local sourcing opportunities. It's it's where you were, you hung out with Nathan online. You guys created modules together and separately. It's our buy local, sell to the world course. We'll stick it in the show notes. Buy local, sell to the world.com is the site. Just another high value, low cost course that we've created for our community. If people are excited about this topic as they're listening to this, you need to go grab that. It's a steal. Oh, it's a yeah. steal. And it's, and there's so much good content in there, too. I mean, Nathan and I, we had a blast putting that together. We talked about uh, specific examples. And, you know, I always avoid Bolo-type stuff, you know. I mean, I, I give examples like in my in my group, you know. I give examples of things that I find, things that I've sold. And we did the same thing in this course, you know. We showed specific things, not like, oh, you have to go find this specific Barbie doll. Right, right. That's tedious. That can be real tedious. Like, I'm going out today. I'm going to find 1950s yeah. Barbies. No, 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 no. no you need to no. understand that. We gave general principles and gave examples, but we talked about places to go, you know, where to source, how to do garage sales, how to do, like, auctions. Auctions are so much fun. I love doing auctions. How to do estate sales. One of the best, one of my favorite topics in that course was building relationships. I cannot tell you how much opportunity I have had just building relationships with people. Man, I I could go on for an hour. (laughs) Give me a specific example. You know, you know, relationships are, I mean, that is, now you're speaking my language because I, I mean, I had an entire episode dedicated to convincing internet marketers that they will never meet their potential until they get out from behind the keyboard. You've, you have to. So give us a few examples of where like, you know, your phone okay. is ring because you're just out there and you're talking and you're meeting people and you're telling them what you do. I mean, talk us through a yeah. couple of scenarios. Let's encourage people. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to give you two different examples here. All right. The first one involves my very first sourcing opportunity was my local library. Okay. My town is only 4,500 people. So it's a small town, but we have a great library. And of course they have, you know, the sale books out there. And so when I first started doing Amazon, I went to their little sale rack and I started scanning stuff. And the librarians, of course, know me because I'm a homeschooling dad. And they're like, Jeff, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, you know, I'm trying this business thing here, whatever. And out of that first buy, I sold one book for 90 bucks. So I thought, oh, this is a this is a thing I want to do. So of course I've been back to that library, you know, several times over the years. So they called me last almost exactly a year ago, because I think I believe it was last May. And they said, Hey, we cleaned out the back room and there's a lot of stuff here. And you do more than just books, right? Oh yes, I do. I'll, well, you know, if there's anything you want, you can just have anything for free. So I came wow. and loaded. Yeah, I loaded my van with all kinds of stuff for free. Now, let me tell you some of what I sold out of that lot, okay? First of all, I had a bunch of 16-millimeter films that they would show to kids, okay? And I've sold three-quarters of those already for about $500 total. I sold a vintage Italian-made film splicer for $275 on eBay. I sold a VHS tape cleaner. It's like a cleaner repair thing. It's like a huge, huge high-end machine. It weighed like 50 pounds. I shipped it to Denmark and sold it for $700. I sold sets of uh, vintage pop-up books from the early 60s by a very popular Czechoslovakian pop-up creator, and they were unbelievably detailed. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, the little thing pops up. It was like you open it up and there's a swing set and there's, you know, slides over here. It was huge. It stood up like 12 inches off the page. I sold two sets of those, one for 375 bucks, another one for $700. You heard I got all of this for free. That was all free. That was all free. Because Because you had a conversation. Because of relationship. Yeah. Because I had relationship with librarians. That's my first story. My second story is I went to an auction uh, across town, and it was a little modular home. Okay, it was a double wide, uh, but they had a lot of musical instruments. So I went there, you know, looking at the musical instruments and stuff. Then we went in the house, and every single room in the house was packed with vinyl records. Okay. So the auctioneer would sell them by the room. He wasn't going to sell by title or even by shelf. He just sold them by the room. So I bought, you know, two rooms full of vinyl records for about 150 bucks. And, um, you know, there were a lot of other rooms that went to other people. But I came back a couple days later 
when they had, you know, pickup day and the auctioneer was there. And so I'm packing my vinyl records and I struck up a conversation with them and I said, hey, you know, if you ever have stuff you don't know what to do with, here's my business card. Okay, my business card is really simple. It just says online sales, Amazon, eBay, Craigslist, lot buys, liquidation buys, consignment sales, and then my name and, and contact info. That's all it says. Really simple. But I gave him my business card, packed my vinyl albums. Three days later, I get a phone call and he says, hey, you got all those records, didn't you? Now, I didn't get all the records. In fact, I got fewer than other people did, but I'm the only one that gave him a business card. So I said, why, yes, Dave, I bought a bunch of records. He said, that guy that we did that auction for, he's got a storage unit and there's a, some vinyl records in there. Do you want to come look at those? Sure, Dave, I'll come look at them. So I go look at it. It's a huge unit. It's probably 30 feet long, you know, 20 feet wide. And just by eyeballing, I saw two boxes full of albums, fingered through them a little bit, knew I was going to make money just on these two boxes. So without going any further, I said, Dave, I will give you 60 bucks for all the vinyl records in this room. He said, oh, great. So I gave him $60. I started moving boxes and moving shelves and looking under furniture. I filled my minivan three times to the ceiling. I probably ended up with 4,000 <laughs> albums out of that room. Oh, wow. Oh, my and goodness. One of the first ones I sold, sold for 100 bucks. So I got all my money back out of one album. And I'm still, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking at the rest of that, yeah, stack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, just uh, full full transparency. <laughs> anyway, the first thing we did when I called you today, I'm like, "Hey, how's business? How you been?" He's like, "Man, I got to find somewhere to put all my stuff. I've, I'm so good at buying stuff, but I got to get it on. I got to get it listed." We're sort of talking about you building your team and you know oh. taking it to the next level because you you're just surrounded by your stuff and it's all just money sitting there in piles around your house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, you know what? I I love surrounding myself with people who destroy excuses. And let me just talk about you for just a second, Jeff. And I mean, you've you've been a delight. I'm sure listeners are having a blast hearing this. But let me just highlight a couple things that may have gone right past folks, and then some other stuff they may not know about you. I didn't realize how small your hometown was, but it's 4,500 people. Like sometimes you're like, oh, I live in a small town. I could never do this. No. Forty. Try to find a town smaller than that. There's not a lot of them. Okay, so you're in this tiny little town. You're a single dad with seven kids. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about, you know, just for a personal moment here, your wife Dawn passed away. That's why you're a single dad. It's been a few years back now. I don't remember the exact date, but I know that our community uh, was, you know, we embraced you and stood with you. And, and uh, you even made a, a pretty brave choice based on your kids prodding. Maybe you could fill everyone in on that just a little bit. But, you know, if anybody had an excuse to kind of go, you know what, life, you dealt me a pretty rotten hand. Here I am in this little town. Yeah, I love my kids, but man, seven, and I'm by myself now, and take my wife. You know what? I'm going to feel sorry for myself for a few years and just kind of see, let the government take care of me maybe a little bit, and uh, I'll, I'll get back to life in a couple of years. You didn't do that, dude. That is not what you did. Kudos. And I think there's, there is an encouragement there that you can be to people maybe dealing with something where they're kind of feeling sorry for themselves a little bit. Tell us how you handle it, what your kids did. It speaks to the character of you and your family and your, your dear wife who's missed to this day, Dawn, by so many of us. But um, just talk us through that a little bit. Okay, sure. Yeah. So I mentioned that became an entrepreneur about 10 years ago. So Dawn and I started editing and ghostwriting together. And in fact, that's how we got connected with you because I started doing your newsletter. That's right. in, I believe it was 2008. I, I completely think, had forgotten that. That's right. Yeah. I, th I think that's, that was our first connection. So anyway, when she died, which was August of uh, 2014, I said, okay, Lord. What now? Because I can't do our together business by myself. You know, I'll just, you know, sit and cry on my keyboard every day. And that, that's not going to get anything done. <laughs> that's not going to pay the bills. So he told me, okay, you're selling a little bit on the side with, you know, eBay and Amazon. Why don't you flip it around and do your editing part time and make your selling full time? Okay. So, with that in mind, it was it was something that I was already doing, but it was new enough that it helped me mentally realize, okay, this is a new season. So that's part of what 
got me through was was having something that was not totally unfamiliar but was but was new enough okay that i could i could embrace all right this is a new season not that you know i'm not walking away saying oh well you know for, forgetting about my wife no that's impossible okay i mean she's she's part of me she, she always will be so uh what really got me going though was the honestly the day she died she died about noon and that evening well, I had I had been planning on coming to CES two in Dallas, and I sat down with my kids and I said, you know, guys, I'm obviously, you know, I'm I, I had already called you and said, hey, I can't come, you know, however this goes, you know, I, I actually I called you at when she had her hemorrhage because she died about four days after she had her hemorrhage, and I said, look, no matter how this goes, you know, if she's going to be in the hospital, if she, if she dies, whatever happens. I can't come to Dallas. So I had canceled my coming to Dallas to CES. But the day she died on Saturday, my kids sent me down that evening and they said, listen, dad, mom was really, really excited for you to go to your business conference. So we've talked about it. We'll be okay. You know, there's nothing you can do for us here. You just go. You go to your business conference because that's what mom would have wanted. Now, I would never ever have said to the kids, Hey guys, are you okay if I go to the conference and leave you all here? <laughs> of course. You know, not. you just lost you just lost your mom, you know, five days ago. I'll be back in a week. Uh, yeah, I'll be back in a week. <laughs> See ya. But for right. my kids to sit me down and say that, oh, that just really did. moved my spirit. And I realized, okay, this is a, this is kind of a this is a, a serious God thing here. This isn't just, you know, that this is no small thing. This is no light thing going on here. So you know, I told them, all right, guys, if you, I mean, if you're okay with that, I'll do that. So literally, I left the cemetery on Wednesday with two of my kids, and we drove straight through <laughs> 16 hours <laughs> from here to Dallas. And that was, that was one of the best decisions that I've ever made in my life, because you guys blew me away with how much love you showed me while I was there. And, I, and I, I remember telling you when I first got there, I said, Jim, I don't want to be, you know, the guy who needs sympathy. You know, I, yeah. I don't, want, I, I yeah. don't want to be, oh, there's that poor guy that lost his wife. You know, I'm not here to, you know, to get fingers pointed at me. And, you know, you, I, I mean, you honored that, but you still honored me in front of the group. And I was, I was super, super moved, super touched. Well, it, it just, I, I, hopefully people who haven't been a part of our community kind of, they can start to get a little glimpse of, you know, this really is a family thing for us. It, it really, really is. It, it's a family reunion. Yes. Feels like a family reunion. It really yeah. does. I mean, Nathan put it best when he said it, you're more likely to get a hug than a handshake. And, uh -huh. and that just, you know, we're very protective and intentional about that. But again, it, you know, it makes sense. We talk about relationships, relationships, relationships. You're not in a room full of competitors. You're in a room full of people who are rooting for you, pulling for you. Absolutely. We know each other's families. We've hung out together. Um, we've mentored each other, learned from each other. That's, you need to be a part of something like that. Uh, but it's, it's very meaningful to me to be surrounded with people who integrate family and business and their spiritual walk, and it's all just one big integrated. It's all know, life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't segment. Life. They don't segment it out. You know, I was actually listening to a popular business book today. It, it was referred to me like, "Oh, you got to listen to this." And you know, some of the advice they gave was never mix business and family. Don't ever let the two cross. Don't ever. You know, when you're in the marketplace, you're in the marketplace. You don't think of family. Literally, the exact line was, "You don't think of family." And then when you're with your family, you don't think of business. I'm like, wait a second. If business is about serving people and being a good dad is about serving people, yeah, of course. I'm thinking about serving people 24-7. And sometimes it's my wife. Sometimes it's my kids. Sometimes it's my employees. And there's customers. And it all meshes together. Absolutely. Oh, good, man. I, you know, these little sidetracks sometimes are the best part of the podcast. At least for me, they are. <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> but I want to, I want to give people some really good, man. And God bless you guys. I just, I'm honored that you're part of our community. And, and we've mentioned your Facebook community. We're going to have a link to that. You've got a killer, like local sourcing strategy Facebook community. We'll put that in the show notes. We're going to cool. put your vinyl book in there that you wrote, um, cool. a link to that. And then this buy local, sell to the world course that we kind of got 
distracted off of a little bit, but that's where you right. and Nathan spent, like, we were doing the math, about 10 hours, we're mm-hmm. thinking of just, I would call it like a college-level education boot camp of get out there and find local stuff. Here's literally all the ways we can think of where you could do this that that are working now. But give us some specifics from that course. Like, what are some exciting components of that course? And, and give us some nuggets. Let's send people out there right now and prove that this stuff works, man. There's a challenge. Like if I got two hours to kill and I want to come home with 500 bucks to to show for it, what advice would you give me right now? I'm out the door. I got my truck or I just got my car, man. I'm going to go. What, what's your advice? Right. Well, um, first thing is, I I mean, definitely you mentioned garage sales. Those are, those are easily the lowest hanging fruit. I mean, you know, the stuff you find there is just just amazing. So definitely, you know, scan your local papers or get the the garage sale app, you know, for your phone. See where they are around you. Estate sales is another great thing. Estate sales will, they have usually a little higher end product because uh, garage sales frequently are somebody who's just cleaning junk like out of their attic. Not always, but you know, frequently that's what you find. But estate sales are usually someone who's either died or maybe moved into a nursing home or something, and so you're seeing all of their stuff. Everything. So right. yeah, so their you know personal private collection of you know Barbie dolls or military history books or you know. You can find some real, real treasures at estate sales. Military history books. I went to one uh, a couple of years ago, close to my house here. One of the books that I got from there, I spent $6 on and sold for 450 bucks six months later. So, I mean, the stuff you find is just, just incredible. Auctions, I love auctions. They are so much fun. Yes, you can get taken at auctions, you know, but it's kind of a matter of, of your emotion, you know, if you're if you're there and you let yourself get caught up in it, you know, you can you can end up spending too much. But if you have your parameters in mind, you know what you're looking for, you know, auctions you can get stuff just crazy cheap, particularly when they throw them in big lots, you know, together. Uh, those are so much fun. So when you're out there, there's two things that I always tell my uh, coaching students. A lot of people want to specialize in something. And I really think you should specialize, but I don't think you should exclusively specialize. The reason for that is diversification is really good. You talk about the inch deep, mile wide thought process, which is, you know, cast your net as wide as you can, sell in a bunch of different categories, bunch of different platforms. I would say even diversify like your price points, all that kind of stuff. But your specialty is going to be either something that you have a lot of knowledge of or something that you have a lot of passion for. So when you're out at garage sales or even if you're doing retail arbitrage, whatever you're doing, yes, diversify. I mean, look at as much different stuff as you can, but keep your specialty in mind. So like I said, I make a lot of income at what I do, but I am certain that nearly every garage sale I go to, I walk right by lots of money. Because I don't even look at things like shoes or jewelry or, you know, vintage glassware because I don't know that stuff and I really don't care, <laughs> you know. Right. I, you don't have to be an expert in everything. So my expertise, yeah, books, yeah, vinyl records, yeah, vintage uh, electronics, okay. I mean, I've got all kinds of different things that I know a lot more about. I mean, for vinyl records, I ran a vinyl store in the early 80s, okay, for several years. So vinyl records have always been in my blood. So, you know, writing this book that I wrote, it was was a piece of cake. But you know, if people watch my YouTube videos or they're part of my Facebook group or whatever, or they're listening to this podcast and they think, oh my gosh, he mentioned, uh, you know, vinyl records. Oh, he mentioned uh, children's pop-up books. Oh, he meant, you know, it's not that there's something magic about vinyl records, okay? Yeah, I, I make a, a, a crap ton of money on vinyl records, but it's because it's in my blood, okay? It's my, it's my specialty. So one thing I would say, if you're going out and looking for stuff, concentrate on your specialty, just not exclusively. 
You know, the, I mean, the, the, as well as I do at vinyl records, I could do just as well selling shoes if I knew shoes and if I cared about shoes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and something else too, like if you're not educated and you just have this hunch, like, ah, oh, gosh, I think there's something here. You know, do a little, do a couple minutes of research, get on yep. eBay, check it yep. out. I do that yep. consistently. I'll do that. I'll take pictures of the items. Right. Like, oh, that looks interesting. I'll get it. Take a picture of the, uh, maybe there's a number on the back or the, the box has some description. I'll just take some pictures with my, I always ask permission. Like, Hey, can I take some pictures? Sure. And everyone's like, Oh, sure. Why not? Takes pictures. You go back to your car. You sit down, got a little pen, notepad there, maybe. And mm-hmm. you just go jot through and you're like, all right, now I'm going to research this one. Like, Oh, wow. Those, uh, T old TV tubes, even if they aren't working, they're worth at least 50 right. bucks and they got them a yep. quarter a piece over there for, you know, 50 of them. Like, yep. yeah, I'm going to go, some of those got to be worth something, you know? So you, you just take a couple of minutes, take your smartphone, do a little research. You don't have to be an expert, but over time. So I guess my advice to the newbie would be, you know, don't go out there thinking you're going to make a killing, but if you educate yourself over time, you're going to find yourself drifting into specialties. You're going to be building relationships, letting people know, Absolutely. Hey, if you ever have any more of this stuff, give me a shout. We, we have lots of ways to move stuff and we'll come clean yep. it out for you. Absolutely. Those relationships are the key. I think that's maybe the foundational advice is get out there, have conversations, build relationships, do your research as you go. You make your money when you buy your inventory. So don't guess. Right. Do a little right. research, but you could take your smartphone and do that right there, man. Or just Definitely. call somebody. You don't, Oh, I don't have a smartphone, Jim. I can't do this. No. Okay. Wait, do you know anyone that has internet? Right. Take your phone and call them and say, hey, okay, I need you to look this up. Yeah, look this up for me. Yeah, or just you take a picture with your phone and send it to them and they look it up for you. Don't fall for any excuse that tells you you can't do this, man. This is as easy as business gets and it's all around you. If Jeff can do it in this little town of 4,500 people and he's taking care of his family, seven kids as a single dad, Mm -hmm. you can figure this out. Um, Absolutely. I love, man, I love surrounding myself with people like you that just destroy excuses, man. <laughs> I could just, Absolutely. I can see excuses falling off of listeners right now. It's like, well, <laughs> that was my excuse for a long time, but yeah. can't be my excuse <laughs> anymore. <it's> <laughs> uh, right. What else do you, do you have uh, to, to encourage the listeners today and, and, you know, just kind of think along these lines and you're going to be with us at CES in Orlando, right? I mean, Absolutely. it seems like you everyone betcha. we have on this show, man, is going to be down there with us in September. Right. If you're listening to this after September, 2017, if this is evergreen content, man, 95% of what we talk about is, but if it's before be paying attention, if any tickets open up, it's sold out as of right now, Jeff, but if any other tickets open up, we'll announce a couple months before the event and cool. people can come down and join us. There'll be a handful of them, but We've got people coming to the uh, hotel that aren't even going to attend the event. They're just going to be there because that's where all the cool kids are. We have just people to just show up just to cool. hang and networking. <laughs> How cool is that, man? That is so awesome, like, man. You know, come see the big – if you happen to live near Orlando, Florida, man, just swing by in the evening during the event. Right. Go to com. Come hang out with us. Right. Yeah, come see it for yourself. It just it, The evenings alone, just hanging out with a bunch of cool online sellers who are doing things right. Um, but what, what else you got for us, Jeff, anything, any, uh, parting shots of wisdom here or advice for the sure, listeners? Sure. I'm going to repeat something that I just told a young couple who is just starting in this business. They wanted to meet with me and have me consult with them. And I actually took them out sourcing with me. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, my latest video was sourcing with them. But one thing I told them is, you know, when you, when you enter into something new like this, you kind of have an idea of, okay, I have to do you know, this, and I have to get to this level, and I have, you know, there's really no have to. This business is so scalable. If this is just something like you just want an extra 100 bucks a week, you know, you can be a weekend warrior and make 100 bucks a week with hardly no effort, you know, but it's scalable up to the point of almost infinity. I mean, you mentioned Brett Bartlett earlier. My gosh, the guy started with 400 bucks, what, in 2010? And he's making eight figures now. And of yeah. course, he has a team of what, 50, 60, I don't know how many people, but the dude is making eight figures from a $400 investment. So honestly, you know, don't, don't limit yourself. And, and again, that's, that's part of extorting excuses, you know, because you can look at this and say, oh, wow, you know, Jeff does so well at this. I'll never be as good as him. You don't have to be me. You can't be me. Because you don't have the same opportunities around you that I do. You have different opportunities that I can't touch. 
wherever you are, what, you know, whatever your situation, you have unique opportunities to you that no one else in the world has. So what I told this young couple that I met with and what I'm going to tell you is there are two things that you have to be doing constantly. One of them is learn and the other one is hustle. You mentioned um, educating yourself, and that's true, you know, what, because as you go and, you know, you, you have that hunch that you talked about, and you're like, ah, I, I should look this up. Okay, now you know something about that item that you just looked up, and you may learn, you know, something more later on. Let me give you an example here. The very first item that I sold on Amazon was a, uh, a beauty product, and it was like an electronic thing that I, I didn't describe it to you, but, you know, I, I sent it into Amazon, and it sold really quickly. Okay. And after a few months, I thought I should probably, you know, that, that sold really quickly. I should probably see if, you know, if there's anything, if I can find any of those. So I looked on eBay and I started finding some of them on eBay. So I would buy them on eBay, flip them on Amazon. As I learned more about this product and about the company, I started expanding my eBay searches into other products by the same company and other brands of the same product. So that today I have several eBay searches that come into my inbox every day with dozens of these items with new eBay listings. And, you know, I, I may only buy, you know, one or two or some days none out of the emails, but I regularly purchase these things for anywhere from 35 to 80 bucks a piece. And I sell them for a hundred to almost $200 on Amazon. And it's, it's been a constant cash cow for me over the years, but it's because I educated myself. You know, I learned from the, the opportunity that, that I had in my hands. I love it. And for those who don't realize it, you can sell used goods on Amazon. You just have to market right. it's used. Right. Don't, yep. don't try Absolutely. to sell it as new. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. you can sell one-off stuff. honest in your condition. Absolutely. <laughs> now, if it's a collectible item and you don't know how high the bidding is going to go, it's a vase, you know, of some sort of collectible. Right. You know, yeah, that's eBay stuff. But if oh. it's like something where, you know, there's there's still a bunch of them out there in the world, but they're pretty valuable. Yeah, flip it on Amazon. There's a lot more people shopping on Amazon in the U.S. especially than there are on eBay. Um, so, right. yeah, you can definitely find some sourcing opportunities there. Again, it's the same thing. We're taking an object from a place where there's only 50 eyeballs to a place where there's a thousand eyeballs. It's worth more where there's more Absolutely. people looking and, at it. Yeah, and I'm amazed at the things, even old vintage things that will sell on Amazon. Once I, I, I did this just just to see if I could do it, okay? I bought this not a pinball game. It's called a bagatelle, okay? But it's like pinball where you got the little spring thing and it shoots the steel ball up and bounces around and, and whatever, okay? This was made in 1935. So it had a wood case, thick glass front. It was in really pretty good condition, actually. You know, the metal was a little rusty, but, but it still worked, okay? Bought it for eight bucks at an auction. And rather than put it on eBay, I thought, I'm going to try to create an Amazon listing. So I shot pictures of it, put it on Amazon, wrapped in really thick bubble, <laughs> really carefully in very thick bubble wrap, sent it in FBA, and it sold three months later for 125 bucks. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, you can sell that one-off stuff too on Amazon, man. There's a lot of people shopping Amazon all day, every day, pouring over Seriously, every Seriously, it's amazing. Oh, man. Well, this, this has been a lot of fun, dude. This has been a lot this of fun. This has been fun. And if you want to come meet Jeff, come hang out with us in Florida and uh, at CES. Go to jimcockermevents.com. We'll stick that in the show notes, too, along with everything else we talked about today, Jeff's vinyl book. Anything else? What can they expect in that vinyl book if they if, if they check it out? I looked through it, man. You've got specific examples in there. It's a, it's an education right. on that market. Just pitch that. Pitch that for a second. Let me hear about okay, that. Okay, sure. Well, I, I started out. See, the vinyl thing going on right now, the, the resurgence in vinyl album sales is just incredible. In 2015, vinyl album sales actually surpassed digital music sales for the first time ever. No way, so, really? Yeah. <laughs> Let that blow your mind for a minute. So the first thing I did in the book is I describe, I give a, a brief history of vinyl itself, okay, of records, and in the midst, and it's really, really technical. I go into a lot of detail about how they're made and all that kind of stuff and, and the history of them and their evolution. But in that, I also kind of explain why it's such a golden opportunity right now for vinyl. Part of that is 
you've got people like me. Okay, I'm a fifty year old, fifty something year old dude, and when I was a kid, vinyl was the that was it only thing, yeah. dude. I mean, yeah. yeah, there were cassettes and eight tracks, but who wants those? You know, right. those vinyl cool. is those amazing. were never cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they weren't cool at all. Those weren't cool at all. Right. Okay, so people my age remember the '80s when vinyl just tanked because CDs came out and everybody said, oh, CDs are killing vinyl. Well, they were right. You know, vinyl went down, vinyl sales went down 90% during the 80s, okay? So people my age generally think that vinyl is worthless. So you go to garage sale, you see vinyl selling for 25, 50 cents a piece, or, you know, like me, I get 60, rec- or I get 4,000 records for 60 bucks, right? <laughs> wow, that's, inc- but that's incredible. with millennials, they realize that vinyl is really super cool, okay? And I'm not going to go into detail here, but there's some scientific detail about the sound quality of vinyl versus the sound quality of digital music. You'll have to get my book to read the details on it, but it's really fascinating. I'm noticing a vinyl store popped up on a little storefront here not too far from us, and they're, they're busy. They're doing well. Exactly. So millennials are really hot on buying vinyl versus buying CDs, okay? So, and then there's a contingent of baby boomers, you know, my age, who see millennials buying vinyl and they're like, oh, wait, you can still get vinyl? Well, wow, that's really cool. I remember I used to have a bunch of vinyl. So now they're buying some vinyl too, all right? The nostalgia so, crowd. Yeah, yeah, nostalgia factor. So it's plentiful and cheap in certain areas and it sells for a ton of money in other areas. I've sold right now, uh, year to date, I don't know how many hundreds of albums on Amazon. My average sale price is 25 bucks an album. And you paid like a fraction of a penny a piece for those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I love it, man. You know, it, and this is, a, this is a tip that Nathan always drops out there. He's like, just run ads locally, Craigslist, wherever free. I buy yeah. X. I buy old albums. Your phone will ring. Yeah. Your phone right. will ring. I buy right. books. I buy old albums. Call Absolutely. Me. Yeah. And I, I talk about that a little bit in, in the vinyl book. Oh, I also, you mentioned specific examples. Yeah. I also talk about uh, which genres are good to find, you know, how you can gauge condition. I go into detail about judging condition. I go into detail about uh, packing and shipping them. I mean, how I to, try how to, to price. Yep. Yeah. How to price. I tried to leave nothing out. I tried to put everything I know about selling vinyl into that book. Man, that sounds great. Yeah, you did. You did a great job on it. It's got a, plenty of real specific examples in there. I flipped through it before you went live. It's a great, solid book, man. So, Fun to write. well, hey, Jeff, this was a good time hanging out with you, buddy. I think we put together a, a pretty solid episode for the listeners too, and um, I think uh, I think we'll call it a wrap on this one. But we'll have to have you back, man. Does that sound good? That sounds awesome, man. Awesome, this is dude. Fun. Awesome. Well, you're a trusted, valued partner and a mentor. You know, I mean, you've, you don't have a whole lot of years on me, but you got a few, man. And you're doing, you've got more kids than me, which it's rare for me to run into dudes who got more kids than I do, man. <laughs> right. So well done, brother. Cool. Uh, but let's call this one an episode, man. Silent Sales Machine okay. Radio. This is Jim doing what I love to do, man. Serving entrepreneurs, helping you fellow warriors out there succeed, get creative ideas, make things happen. We're in your corner. We're cheering for you. And thanks for being a listener. I'm honored and humbled that you spent some time with Jeff and I today. God bless you for it. I hope it brings you a great return for the value, for the knowledge that you picked up today. Can't wait to do this again real soon. I'm here to serve you. All right. God bless. We're signing off. Mm -hmm.